This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be joyous and be glad in it. Merry Christmas. As we worship today, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that the birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free from the bondage of sin. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The appointed Old Testament reading for the Nativity of our Lord, Christmas Day, is written in Exodus, the 40th chapter. 
In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above on the ark. He brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and screened the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in Titus chapter 3. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we sing together the Alleluia, the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
Praise be to Thee, O Christ. We speak together the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Not only risen from the dead, but born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. I love the words of this hymn, O sing of Christ, whose birth made known the kindness of the Lord. Eternal word made flesh and bone so we could be restored. That is really at the heart of today's gospel reading. Jesus Christ, true God, true man, so that we could be restored. This morning, I'd like to do something a little bit different with the sermon. Uh, I'd like to do something that uh, uh, maybe we don't associate with our worship services. We do with Bible study, but that is that you would actually take out the Bible and look at it. And so in the pew in front of you, there should be a copy of the Bible. And if you want to open it up to John chapter 1, what I'm going to do is just walk through this text with you and talk about what this passage of God's Word means for us today, how it shows to you and me that Jesus is true God and also true man. So I believe it's on page, is it 886? Is that what it is? Yeah, 886 in the Pew Bible. And uh, let's talk about this text um, in John chapter 1. John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, if you take this passage of of Scripture, the word here is Jesus, isn't it? And so if you take Jesus and you put Jesus' name in where you see the word, you have here a description of Jesus as true God. Look. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus, 
And without Jesus was not anything made that was made. And Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What is John saying about Jesus? Well, John is making the very bold assertion right away at the beginning of his gospel that Jesus is true God. That is an amazing assertion about Jesus. And if you look at what John writes here in these first five verses, you will see the divine characteristics or attributes of Jesus, our Savior. Listen to how John describes Jesus. He describes Jesus as being in the beginning. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is not a created being. He is the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. John says that Jesus is the creator of the world. All things are created by Jesus, and that Jesus is the one who gives life, and more than that, Jesus is the one who sustains life. We are here now breathing, hearts beating, because Jesus is sustaining you and me. Jesus knit you and me together in our mother's womb, and even now, he is sustaining our life. Only Jesus, true God, can do that, right? And then John says that not even the darkness of sin, not even the darkness of evil in this world can overcome Jesus. So Jesus and the devil are not brothers, like some people think, Jesus and Lucifer. And Jesus and Satan are not equals, like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, you know, and they're battling it out to see who will win. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus is God. He is Lord of all. And Satan, Lucifer, well, he is a created being, a created angel that Jesus created and who fell into sin. So Jesus rules over all that is evil in this world. Now, why is it important, I think, for John to point out to you and me right away at the beginning that Jesus is true God? It is important because only as true God can Jesus take our place and live a holy life for you and me, live under the law and fulfill it in our place. Only as true God can Jesus die on the cross for you and me. If Jesus is not true God, and he is yet holy and sinless, well, he can certainly live for himself, but he can't live for you and me. He can't die for you and me. Jesus has to be true God in order to take our place on Calvary's cross and win for us our salvation. And only as true God can Jesus raise himself from the dead and give to you and me everlasting life. If Jesus isn't true God, he can't be your Savior. If he isn't true God, there's really no reason for us to be here this morning. But he is true God. And yet the true nature of Jesus as true God is denied by many. There are many who say that Jesus is no more than a good man. A, a good man, a religious man, a man who did right, a man who loved others, but they don't believe that Jesus is true God. And there are some who say that Jesus is one God among many gods, and that Jesus is not the way, but he is just one of the ways to the Father. But Jesus really makes it clear, doesn't he? When he says, no one can come to the Father except through me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, Jesus is very God, a very God. 
And John right here in verses 1 to 5 gets it right. He gets it right, right from the Holy Spirit. He shares it with you and me that we might know who Jesus is, that we might believe in him and have life in his name. Well, let's look at verses 6 through 8. John writes, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And now skip down to verse 15. Skip down to verse 15 because here again John is talking about John the Baptist. And John the Apostle writes, John the Baptist bore witness about Jesus and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. So who is John the Baptist? Well, he is the one who is sent by God the Father to prepare the way for Jesus. John is the Elijah who was to come, who would prepare the way for the Savior of the world. John is a witness, a witness who bears testimony to who Jesus is. And remember at the waters of the Jordan when John points at Jesus and says, Behold, behold, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is what John came to do. And yet, what is interesting here is that John also gives testimony that Jesus is true God. It's in the parenthetical verse 15. Look, this was he of whom I said, and John the Baptist says, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Jesus came after John, right? He is born after John. John is born first, right? Then Jesus is born. John begins his ministry first before Jesus does. He is preaching a baptism of repentance at the Jordan River and people are going out to John and John is baptizing people and baptizing them for the forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus comes to John to be baptized, and John says, no, no, I need to be baptized by you. He knows who Jesus is. And Jesus says, let it be so for now, to fulfill all righteousness, and John baptizes Jesus. So it would appear, right, that John is before Jesus, but John says, no, Jesus is before me. What does he mean? Jesus is before John the Baptist because Jesus is the eternal Son of God. From eternity, Jesus is God. That's what John is saying. Again, giving testimony to us that Jesus is true God. And why did John the Baptist come? Again, so that you might believe in Jesus and have life in his name. But let's jump down to verse 14. We talked about this just a minute ago when I introduced our gospel reading for this morning. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now what is John saying about Jesus? He is saying that Jesus is also true man. Jesus is true God, and Jesus is true man. St. Paul also testifies to this in Galatians chapter 4. Let me read these verses to you. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. When the time had fully come, at just the right time, at just the right moment in the history of the world, God sends forth his son Jesus to be born of the Virgin Mary. And Jesus comes to live under the law. He comes to fulfill all of the commandments for you and me. Because we are in bondage to the law. 
The law of God is good, it is holy, and it is right, but we can't keep it. If we could keep it, well, there would be no need for a Savior. We would have never fallen into sin, and we'd still be in the garden. And everything would be, everything would be wonderful, but we know that's not the way it is. We can't keep the law. And so Jesus becomes man for us so that he can live under the law and take our place and fulfill all righteousness for you and me. Now, how do we know that Jesus is true man? Well, he's born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus has a body. People touched him. Jesus touched them. Jesus um, is seen. Jesus is heard. Jesus suffers. He is nailed to a cross. You can't do that if Jesus is only a spirit. He dies. He rises from the dead. He descends into hell. He ascends into heaven. Jesus is hungry. Jesus is thirsty. He walks on the water. He feels cold and heat. Jesus is true man in every way, just as you and me are fully human beings, flesh and blood, except that Jesus is without sin. And so what is John saying about Jesus? He is saying that the word of God comes and dwells among us, as God dwelt among his people in the Old Testament. Remember how he led his people, Israel, by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? And we heard in the Old Testament reading how Moses builds the tabernacle. It almost sounded like he was camping, right, putting together a tent. Probably not as easy as the tents we put together today, right? But he is... He is putting together the tabernacle and then, and then God himself in his presence descends upon the tabernacle and fills it. And this cloud of his presence is there. The glory of the Lord is there with the people of Israel. And as long as God stayed in the tabernacle dwelling with his people, they stayed where they were. And when, when the, the cloud left the tabernacle and led them by a pillar of cloud by day, then it was time for the people of Israel to get up and to move on to the next place where God was taking them. And at night, God dwelt in the tabernacle as a pillar of fire. God dwells with us. He dwells with us in his Son, that we might see him and hear him, that we might listen to him and believe in him as Lord and Savior. So, from this passage of Scripture, this is what we know about Jesus. Jesus is true God, and Jesus is true man. I want to read to you about Jesus as true God and true man. This is from one of the statements of belief that we hold as Lutherans. It is from a document that is called the Formula of Concord. It was written in 1580, and it is the solid declaration of that document. There's a Reader's Digest version, and then there's a long version. This is the long version. And so I'll read to you the entire article on Jesus. It'll take us about 45 minutes, but we've got nowhere else to go. It's Christmas Day. No, I'm just kidding. Just, just one paragraph. We believe, teach, and confess that now in this one undivided person of Christ, there are two distinct natures, the divine, which is from eternity, and the human, which in time was received into the unity of the person of God's Son. These two natures in the person of Christ are never either separated from or mingled with each other. Each keeps its natural, essential properties to all eternity and does not lay them aside. What does all of that mean? It means this. Jesus is true God from eternity. There is never a time when the second person of the Trinity 
has not existed. He is eternal with the Father. And then in time, Jesus takes on human flesh when he is conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb, and he becomes man for you and me. And now, as true God and true man, Jesus is, holds these two things always. He is always true God and always true man now for all of eternity. And the two natures of Jesus, true God and true man, they're not uh, mingled together, and yet he's 100% man and 100% God. He's not glued together like two boards, but he is true God and true man. It's a mystery, isn't it? It really is. It is a mystery that we accept and believe because this is how God reveals himself to us. True God from eternity, true man from conception. Well, just a couple of more passages in our text and then we're done. Verse 9, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. What John tells you and me here today is that there are always people who will not believe in Jesus. Maybe you know someone who doesn't believe in the Lord as we do. John talks about people who did not know him, did not know him, did not receive him. People who would not uh, listen to Jesus. They would not repent and believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. They saw Jesus, they heard Jesus, they touched him, but they would not believe. They watched him do all of his miracles and wouldn't believe. There were those who ate the loaves and ate the fish, part of the 5,000 on the mountainside when Jesus feeds them with that miraculous miracle that Jesus does. And yet they want to make Jesus king, not because he is true God and true man, the Messiah and Savior of the world, but because their bellies had been filled up by Jesus and they wanted him as a bread king not the king of kings. And in these words from John, there's a warning to you and me today. And the warning is this. Do not abandon Jesus. Do not walk away from the Lord and stop believing in him. Do not give up repenting and confessing your sin and receiving his forgiveness fully and freely. Because what happens if we walk away from Jesus? Then we are lost. We lose the salvation that Jesus has won for us. So in our life, the warning for you and me is to continue to repent, continue to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved. And there is a promise for us in verse 12 and following, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name like you and me, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What happens to those who believe? They are the children of God. That's you and me, the children of God, not born by human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And where are we born of God? In the waters of holy baptism. We are the children of God. Our bodies are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We belong to him, and he says to you and me that nothing in all of creation can separate us from him. Now notice in these words, we are not saved by our good works, we do not become children of God because we have made a decision to follow Jesus. Because John writes here that who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. Our salvation is always and only the work of God. He calls you and me to saving faith by the word of God in the waters of our baptism. And he is the one who keeps us in saving faith. Well, one last, one last verse. Verse well, 16 to 18. 
For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. What do we receive from Jesus? Grace upon grace. That is unlimited forgiveness for all of your sins. No matter how deep and dark your transgressions, you can always come to the Lord and receive from him forgiveness for your sin. You can never write a a check of sins that is more than the grace of God. There is abundant grace to cover all of your sins. What is the difference between Jesus and Moses? Well, Moses brought the law, the commandments, which are holy and good, but they can't save you. Jesus, full of grace, full of truth. Jesus is the one who saves you from sin. And what does Jesus do? He is the one who makes God known to us. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Look at his miracles. Look at the compassion that he shows for others. See how he forgives people's sins, how he dies on the cross and rises from the dead. Look to Jesus and there you will see what God is like. So in summary, Jesus is true God and Jesus is true man. He redeems us, forgives our sins, and gives to you and me everlasting life. And all of this is written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting, amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.